Okay, so welcome to tonight's workshop. Tonight's workshop is all about overcoming anxiety and depression and the agenda. We're going to talk about what depression is, <clears throat> going to talk a little bit about depression and possible causes of depression. And then we're going to talk about anxiety, what anxiety is, what are the causes of anxiety. We're going to look at techniques to help you cope with and even overcome anxiety and depression. We're going to talk about hypnosis, how hypnosis can help to overcome anxiety and depression. And then at the end of tonight's workshop, we're going to have a hypnosis session starting in on the 14th of October. I have a four-week inner child program. I will talk a little bit about that as we go through tonight's workshop and talk a little bit about how inner child healing can help to overcome anxiety and depression. <clears throat> At the end of tonight's workshop, uh, I will invite any questions or comments. So what is depression? So we all experience depressed feelings from time to time. Feeling depressed doesn't necessarily mean you were ill. There would be something wrong with you if you never felt depressed. Depressed feelings can be a signal that you need to make some changes or adjustments in your life. Depressed feelings could let you know that you're not happy in your work or you feel unfulfilled. Uh, could let you know that you're in an abusive relationship that you need to move on from. So <clears throat> depressed feelings aren't necessarily bad. Depression is a low mood that lasts for a long time and affects your everyday life. In its mildest form, depression can mean just being in low spirits. It doesn't stop you from leading a normal life, but it makes everything harder to do and seem less, less worthwhile. At its most severe, depression can be life-threatening because it can make you feel suicidal. And that information comes from mind.org. So the symptoms of depression. Depression can cause you to experience a loss of confidence, um, and it can cause you to experience low self-esteem. It can cause a lack of meaning, so you no longer find pleasure in things that you used to enjoy. It can cause derealization. It can make you feel detached from your surroundings. Depression can cause brain fog. It can cause difficulty thinking clearly and difficulty making decisions. <clears throat> People who experience depression often experience a lack of energy. They always feel drained. They have a loss of libido. They may have aches and pains. And um, one reason for this could be that when people are depressed, they experience overdreaming. 
So dreams are your mind's way of processing information. If you have a lot going on, if you have a severe <coughs> depressed feelings, you're going to overdream. And that can lead to depression sufferers from waking up feeling more drained than they were when they went to bed. Um, and your the emotional, sorry, your brain <coughs> processes emotional and physical pain in the same area. So sometimes emotional pain can be processed as physical If someone is experiencing depression, they may turn to substances. They may start smoking, drinking, or eating more. Food is the most common substance that people use to try and suppress their emotions. So emotional eating is very common. Emotional eating is gonna create a vicious cycle because you're gonna eat to try and make yourself feel better and then that's going to lead to you feeling bad because you've eaten so much, which is going to lead to more feelings of depression, which is going to lead to more eating. You may experience a loss of appetite and find that you're eating less. Um, people with depression can often experience psychosis and auditory hallucinations are the most common form of psychosis, hearing uh, voices in your head, but you can also experience visualized hallucinations. A theory on why this occurs um, is because again, going back to dreams and dreams being your mind's way of processing information. If you are not sleeping or if you are um, not having the opportunity to process everything when you sleep your mind's going to look for opportunities to process that information when you're awake which can lead to psychosis um, <clears throat> and yeah depression can also cause insomnia overdreaming uh, that I've already covered. Um, it's usually, um, often it's comorbid with other conditions. Um, when something's comorbid, it means it occurs alongside another condition. The most common conditions um, that are comorbid with depression are borderline personality disorder, BPD, CPTSD, that stands for Complex Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, and Bipolar Disorder. Uh, BPD and CPTSD are often caused by growing up with dysfunction, by growing up in a uh, dysfunctional environment. Um, CPTSD is usually suffered by prisoners of war, and children who grow up in dysfunctional families. For CPTSD to form, it takes ongoing and repeated trauma from which there's no escape and the reliance on your caregivers. If you feel suicidal, you should speak to your doctor. 
you're taking any medication, uh, you shouldn't stop taking the medication without consulting your doctor. Many medications can have very severe withdrawal symptoms, um, even life-threatening withdrawal symptoms, and antidepressants are no different. So never stop taking any medication without consulting your doctor first. So what causes depression? So depression can be caused by life events. It can be caused by giving birth, divorce, bereavement. It can be caused by traumatic events. As I already spoke about, it can be caused by trauma in childhood. It can also be caused by um, living in an abusive situation as an adult. Health problems can cause depression. Um, so chronic or life-threatening illness and hormonal um, deficiencies may cause depression. Many men find that having low testosterone levels causes them to feel depressed. Diet can influence your blood sugar, it can influence your hormones, and it can influence your brain chemicals. So having a look at your diet may help you overcome depression. If you feel unfulfilled, if you have a meaningless job, no job, <clears throat> if you feel isolated and lonely, these can lead to depression. Genetics, no genes have been identified to cause depression, but until the age of seven, is known as the imprint period. It's in that age range where your neuroplasticity is at its highest. It's when you're learning the most complex and difficult tasks, and you're looking to your parents and the adults around you to help you understand the world and understand yourself. So if you're growing up around people that are anxious or depressed, you're gonna pick up on that. It's gonna cause you to become anxious and depressed. Um, <clears throat> and in the womb, particularly, a baby's going to pick up on everything the mother feels. Um, until 15 months to three years, we have no boundaries. We can't tell the difference between ourselves and the outside world. You were a we before you became an I. Uh, in that age range, you're looking to your parents to help you co-regulate your emotions. So again, if you're growing up around people that are anxious and depressed, that's gonna cause you to become anxious and depressed. So depression and anxiety uh, often occur together. Um, around 25% of the UK population suffers with anxiety, depression, or both. Um, and mixed anxiety and depression is the most common mental disorder with around 9% of people meeting the criteria for diagnosis. Those figures come from the Mental Health Foundation and they were from 2019 before the lockdowns. Um, so now the situation is gonna be a lot worse.
So anxiety, what is anxiety? <clears throat> anxiety, it, when you experience anxiety, you're experiencing um, symptoms that would be very useful in a life or death situation. If you spend a lot of time in the fear response, that can develop into anxiety. A man called Ivan Pavlov wanted to do some research into dog saliva. So he got some dogs, <coughs> he tied them up, and to remind him to spray meat powder into their faces to make them salivate, he, I'm guessing, set an alarm. Um, and he found that after a period of time, the dogs would start salivating when they heard the alarm, when they heard the bell. He didn't need to spray them with meat powder to make them salivate. Uh, so this is known as a conditioned response and anxiety works the same way. When you become conditioned to move into the fight or flight response, you're gonna experience symptoms that would be very useful in a life or death situation, such as sweating. It's gonna help you to prepare for any activity that your mind perceives may be coming. Your heart rate is going to increase. This is going to get the blood flowing around your body so you can either fight back or run away. You're going to experience a reduced immune response. If you were in a life or death situation, if you were being chased through the jungle by a tiger, the last thing you'd need to worry about are colds and illnesses. So that energy is going to be diverted to allow you to make your escape. People who spend a long time in this fight or flight response, people who suffer with chronic anxiety, generally get more colds, more illnesses than people who don't. <clears throat> so everyone experiences the symptoms of anxiety. There would be something wrong with you if you never felt anxious. Uh, just like with depression, everyone experiences depressed feelings from time to time. There would be something wrong with you if you never felt that. Um, <clears throat> people with anxiety tend to isolate themselves, which leads to a reduced social circle, leads to a reduced support network, leads to isolation. Um, and as we said previously, isolation can be a major cause of depression. So people with anxiety often find themselves experiencing depression as we already covered. Um, <coughs> people with depression, and anxiety tend to ruminate a lot. They tend to um, play over things in the past or ruminate over things that are going to happen in the future, worry about things that are going to happen in the future. A man called Lao Tzu allegedly said that depression is living in the past, anxiety is living in the future, and peace is living in the present. So, 
In our brains, we have something called a reticular activating system. And in NLP, they say that humans can only be aware of seven plus or minus two things at any one time. So a maximum of nine things, a minimum of five things. Um, and the reticular activating system's job is to sort the information that your senses are taking in to find information that's most relevant to you. Um, if everything, all your senses was picking up, uh, was made available to your brain, it would be overloaded because allegedly there's about 14,000 different bits of information going on around you at any one time. And the reticular activating system is a network, sorry, a walnut-shaped network of neurons located in the brain stem. And the reason it does this is to enable you to make decisions quickly. Um, and it does this by filtering out anything that isn't relevant to you. Uh, so your past experiences have programmed your reticular activating system. As I said previously, your neuroplasticity was highest in your childhood. So most of your reticular activating system is going to be processed in that imprint period. Um, and this allows you to know what to filter and what not to filter. And trauma, um, traumatic memories carry more emotional charge than ordinary memories. Uh, so traumatic events program the reticular activating system very quickly. And people who are in the fight or flight response tend to develop tunnel vision. They tend to fixate on the threat. Um, but the reticular activating system can be programmed by repetitive stimuli over longer periods of time. So if someone is in a depressed or anxious state, um, their thoughts are going to be focused on those negative feelings um, and their minds are going to find more information to reinforce those negative thoughts and feelings. So one way you can start to reprogram your mind is through gratitude journaling. To keep a diary or a journal um, and write in the, write in the journal um, at the end of every day things that you're grateful for. So it could try and find 10 things that you're grateful for that day. And it doesn't have to be big things. It could be things as little as I'm grateful the sun was shining because I was able to go for a walk or I'm grateful it rained because it's good for the flowers. Um, and so the more you look for positive things, the more you look for things to be grateful for, the more things you're going to find that you can be grateful for. So cognitive behavioural therapy and systems theory says that we have thoughts and we have one. 
Cognitive behavioral therapy says we have thoughts, we have feelings, we have behaviors, we have physical reactions. And our thoughts can influence our feelings, our feelings can influence our thoughts. Um, our thoughts and feelings can influence our behaviors, our behaviors can influence our thoughts and feelings. Um, our thoughts, feelings and behaviours can influence our physical reactions and our physical reactions can influence our thoughts, feelings and behaviours. So by changing one part of the system, we can st start to change all parts of the, the system. Um, one way that you can start to change the system in terms of anxiety, or um, a lack of confidence would be <coughs> to stand in what's known as the Superman pose. If you put into Google Superman pose, you'll bring up lots of images um, that show you what that looks like. It involves standing with your hands on your hips, with your feet apart. If you stand like that for two minutes, studies have shown that your body's going to release all kinds of confidence-boosting hormones, going to reduce feelings of anxiety, going to allow you to feel better. So that is systems theory. So if you have any questions with regards to anything I've covered so far, let me know in the chat. Let me know if you have any questions in the chat box. Okay. Tell you more, I will tell you more. So <clears throat> depression and anxiety are a process, not a trait. A process is something you do. In NLP, um, it would be known as a nominalization. A nominalization is anything you can't put in a wheelbarrow. It's when you use um, a verb to describe a noun. So verbs are fixed, um, nouns allow for change. I think I may have got that the wrong way around. Uh, so uh, CBT uh, can allow you to start to change that process. And when you start to change that process, you're going to start to change those feelings. So what I'd like to share with you is a thought experiment. So as I said, there is a workbook available, which is going to have these exercises in it. If you'd like to receive the workbook, send me a direct message with your email address, and I will send it out to you in the coming days. Right now, I'm just going to talk you through 
this exercise. So I'd invite you to take a deep breath in, breathing all the way down into your stomach, noticing your stomach rising as you're breathing in and falling as you breathe out. And wherever possible, you want to try and make the conscious effort to breathe into your stomach. If you um, consciously try and breathe into your stomach as much as possible, you're going to notice your overall levels of relaxation start to increase. When we are breathing shallowly into our chest, it releases hormones that cause anxiety and negative feelings. When we breathe into our stomach, it allows us to relax. Children um, until the age of seven naturally breathe into their stomach, but for some reason, when we start school, we lose the ability to do this. So <clears throat> taking a deep breath in to your stomach and breathing out, allowing yourself to relax. And if you ever watch the person sleeping, you'll notice that it's their stomach that rises and falls as they breathe in and out. So belly breathing is how we breathe when we are relaxed. Um, and with your eyes closed, I'd like you to imagine a situation that you want to change, a situation that you're in now. So that could be a situation that causes you anxiety, could be a situation that's causing you to suffer with depression. And imagine yourself in that situation. Maybe see through that version of you's eyes, feel what you feel, hear what you hear. And notice what are your current thoughts, what are your current feelings, and how are you currently behaving in that situation. Again, going back to what I was saying about <coughs> posture. Um, when someone is suffering with anxiety, when someone is suffering with depression, they're generally going to take on a kind of hunched over pose, protecting their vital organs. This is going to lead to more feelings of anxiety and depression. So another change you can make there is to stand a little bit taller with your shoulders back. Um, and then <clears throat> when you're ready, maybe opening your eyes, shaking that off. I'd like you to imagine how you'd like to be in that situation. What will your thoughts be in that situation? How will you be feeling? How will your behaviours change in that situation when you're more happy or more confident? So one behaviour I just discussed there could be that you'll stand taller, you'll have your shoulders back, you'll hold your head high, you'll be making more eye contact with people you meet and that will influence your thoughts and allow you to feel better. So does all of that make sense? Let me know in the chat box if that makes sense to you. Excellent. 
So how can hypnosis help? So you can't be someone you don't perceive yourself to be. And the emotional part of your brain cannot tell the difference between a real or an imagined event. Using hypnosis, one of the benefits of hypnosis is it makes it very easy for us to visualize ourselves the way we want to be. And when we visualize ourselves the way we want to be, it actually builds new neural pathways in the brain. Um, and we can start to associate with ourselves that way. The more we envisage ourselves that way, the stronger those neural pathways are going to become. So who wants to try some hypnosis? Let me know in the chat box if you want to try some hypnosis. Excellent. We're going to come to hypnosis shortly. Um, first of all, I'm going to tell you a little bit about the four-week inner child program. So starting on the 15th of October, I have a four-week program, uh, which is a group program. Uh, it consists of four group coaching sessions. There's a Facebook group where I've put lots of content to help with negative self-talk to help with emotional eating um, and of course to help with inner child healing. There's weekly exercises and a workbook. We're going to be looking to integrate all ages of the inner child from infant to adolescent. Doing this kind of work can reduce anxiety, increase self-esteem, increase confidence, um, allow you to control your impulses and reconnect with your emotions. And all emotions serve a purpose. No emotion is good or bad, it just is. When <clears throat> we start school, we're often shamed out of our emotions, um, even if we don't have a dysfunctional family in school, we are going to be shamed out of our emotions. The first emotion that children become shamed out of is anger. And anger is a very dangerous emotion to be shamed out of because it enables you to defend your boundaries. It enables you to assert yourself. Uh, <clears throat> without anger, you're going to take on what's known as toxic shame. You're going to become shamed out of other emotions. Um, so all emotions serve a purpose and what resists not only persists but becomes stronger. So if you're feeling anxious or depressed and you tell yourself this is a bad feeling, I don't want to feel this feeling and you try and fight it, it's gonna become stronger. Um, <clears throat> Shortly, I will share with you some exercises um, and techniques that are going to allow you to connect with your emotions, to stop fighting those emotions. Um, and as you connect with your emotions and stop fighting them, you'll notice that they start to subside.
So, some feedback from people that have done the Inner Child program in the past uh, is now on the screen. And if you'd like to find out more about the Inner Child program, uh, you can do so via the second link I just pasted in the chat box. Via the first link, you can book a free call with me to uh, find out about one-to-one -one therapy. Um, and I'd recommend, if you're interested in the Inner Child program, to book a free call with me so that we can um, find out if it's right for you. Um, so that you can do that via the first link in the chat box. And if you book that free call, I will give you a big discount on the Inner Child program. So, CBT for emotions. As I was just saying, external events do not cause emotions. No one can make you feel an emotion. Um, so this exercise I'm going to show you now is going to allow you to reconnect with your emotions. Um, and if you do it regularly, you'll find yourself <coughs> just doing it naturally uh, when you feel a negative emotion. So what you want to do, you want to set an alarm on your phone to go off four or five times a day. When that alarm goes off, you want to check in with yourself. Ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? And if you Google emotion will, you're going to bring up um, a big chart of emotions. In the middle of that will are going to be your core emotions. They are happy, sad, angry, anxious. <clears throat> when the alarm goes off, you ask yourself, what am I feeling right now? You can look at that will and look for more specific feelings within those emotions. So if you're feeling anxious, it could be because you're scared. So if you're scared, you can ask yourself, is this feeling appropriate? What's the evidence this feeling is appropriate? Is there uh, you know, a wild animal in my living room right now? <clears throat> if there isn't, you can not try and fight that emotion. You can just allow it to be and get on with what you're doing. Um, and you'll notice that it starts to subside. Rate the feeling on a scale of one to 10, one being not too bad, 10 being terrible. Ask yourself what caused the feeling, what increases the feeling, what reduces the feeling, what thoughts relate to this feeling. And as I said, the more you do this, the more you'll get in touch with your emotions, the more you'll stop fighting your emotions, the more you'll stop resisting your emotions, and when you find yourself in a situation where you're experiencing a negative emotion, you'll just do this naturally uh, and you'll find it has a very positive impact on your life. So <clears throat> now we come to mindfulness. So hypnotherapy and hypnosis um, is a focused state of attention. It's not something I do to you, it's something I do with you. 
you've ever uh, driven somewhere, gone to your destination, not remembered the journey, that would be an example of hypnosis. It would be watching TV, zoned out, lost track of time, um, whatever you were watching finished and you thought, wow, where did all that time go? It's time for bed. That would be an example of hypnosis. So hypnosis is a perfectly natural state that we all experience several times during the course of a day. Um, it's not something I do to you, it's something I do with you. <clears throat> and so hypnosis comes with an element of mindfulness. It's a focused state of attention. Mindfulness isn't about any particular experience. Um, it's about noticing what is. It's about accepting what is. Um, as I said previously, if you accept your emotions, don't fight against them, you'll notice that they start to reduce. <clears throat> and accepting all experience without judgment, not judging things as good or bad, they just are. Um, so when someone is mindless, they're constantly being controlled by their thought. Mindfulness is about detaching from your thoughts. It's about realizing you're not your thoughts and you're not your feelings or emotions. Emotions are like warning lights on a dashboard. As I've already said, um, <coughs> the symptoms of anxiety would be very useful in a life or death situation. Um, and feelings of depression can let us know that we need to make changes in our life. So if you're driving your car and a warning light comes on on the dashboard, that lets you know that something's wrong. Emotions uh, work in the same way. They're meant to be tools for you, but they're not who you are. Your thoughts are not who you are. So mindfulness is about detaching from those thoughts and emotions and being able to observe them. <clears throat> Mindfulness is about being present um, and connecting to the present moment. So regularly practicing mindfulness can reduce stress, uh, anxiety and depression. It can improve your focus. And uh, with the modern world, we are constantly being distracted by notifications on our phone, you know, notifications on social media, Facebook, etc. <coughs> mindfulness, when we don't, if you don't use it, you lose it. So mindfulness enables you to get back that focus to increase your ability to concentrate. Um, and people who practice mindfulness generally have more emotional regulation. They're able to consider their reactions. And again, going back to trauma, um, <clears throat> when a person experiences trauma, the emotional part of their brain actually increases in size and the thinking part of their brain 
decreases in size, which makes them more prone to emotional dysregulation. Having a regular relaxation practice, such as uh, listening to hypnosis or sitting, meditating, practicing mindfulness, <coughs> you're going to start to decrease the size of the emotional part of your brain. You're going to increase the size of the thinking part of your brain, which is going to allow you to have more emotional regulation. Uh, <coughs> people who practice mindfulness have been shown to have more empathy and understanding, better health. Um, regularly practicing mindfulness can reduce your risk of heart disease. Um, it can be used to deal with pain uh, and lower blood pressure. So mindfulness can allow you to cultivate your free will. It can move you from being at cause and put you at effect. Um, or oh, sorry, from being at effect and put us at cause. Um, <clears throat> and it can allow you to start to make the unconscious conscious. Um, and there was a quote from Carl Jung that I wanted to give you here, but I've forgotten what it was. Um, <clears throat> so as I said previously, it's going to increase your awareness. If you don't use it, you're going to lose it. Um, and there are many things that we can't control. We can only control how we react to them. A man called Viktor Frankl was a German psychiatrist and he was put into a prisoner of war camp. He said that he couldn't control what he ate, couldn't control what he um, did, couldn't control if he lived or died. But he could control his reactions to those things. Uh, and by controlling his reactions, he was able to stay sane. So when you give up control, you become less attached to outcomes. And mindfulness can be used to notice and change unwanted habits and behaviours. There's lots of different styles of meditation. You can do sitting meditation, walking meditation. You can do body scan meditations. Um, and people often like to do body scan meditations before they go to sleep. Um, enables them to relax all parts of their body and to experience deeper levels of sleep. A body scan meditation would involve scanning around your body as the name suggests and relaxing each body part as you go. Uh, you can do urge surfing, so notice cravings and emotions and allow them to pass. Everything passes. Change is the only constant. Um, nothing in life is guaranteed except change. So <clears throat> Everything, this too shall pass, is a famous quote that people use when they're experiencing negative emotions. Everything passes with time. 
Um, so that is the presentation part of tonight's workshop. We are now going to do the hypnosis part of tonight's workshop, as I promised you. Uh, <clears throat> as I said, your mind can't tell the difference between a real or an imagined event. So <clears throat> by imagining ourselves the way we want to be, we actually create new neural pathways in the brain. The more we imagine ourselves that way, the stronger those neural pathways become, the more we can start to become that person. And to prove this to you, I'd like to show you some exercises. So for the first exercise, I'd like you to, again, take a deep breath in, breathing all the way down into your stomach. Hold your hands out in front of you with your arms straight like so. Turn your left hand with your palm facing up. Keep your right hand with your palm facing down. Taking a deep breath in and as you breathe out, allowing your eyes to close. And with your eyes closed, I'd like you to just imagine that in your left hand, we've placed some heavy books. And those heavy books are weighing down on that left hand. That left hand is sinking lower and lower. To your right hand, we've tied some helium balloons. And those helium balloons are rising up, taking that right hand with them. Don't try to resist or assist it in any way. Just imagine those heavy books in that left hand uh, and in that right hand, there's those helium balloons that are rising up. So your left hand sinks lower as your right hand rises. And often when people do this exercise, they can tell me that they actually feel their left hand becoming tired as though it's really holding those heavy books. So leaving those hands where they are, Open your eyes and see if you can notice a difference between those hands. If you notice a difference between those hands, let me know in the chat box. Excellent. And now another exercise. So again, taking a deep breath in, breathing all the way down into your stomach. As you breathe out, allowing your eyes to close. And with your eyes closed, I'd like you to just imagine that you're walking into your kitchen. Just imagine, only imagine that now. And there on the side in your kitchen is a nice bowl of juicy citrus fruits. Could be oranges or lemons, it could be grapefruits or limes, whatever kind of citrus fruits you like. Like to just imagine there's a nice 
juicy bowl of them in your kitchen right now. And what we're going to do in just a moment, we're going to pick up one of those fruits. We're going to place it safely and securely on a cutting board. We're going to cut a bite-sized wedge out of that fruit. So I'd like to just imagine reaching out a hand, picking up one of those fruits, placing it safely and securely on a cutting board, and then safely and securely taking a knife and cutting into that fruit. Cutting into that fruit, those juices are squirting out. Those citrusy smells are filling the air, and the juices are running down for me a little puddle of juice on that cutting board. Just imagine that now. And again, cutting into that fruit. So we're creating that nice bite-sized wedge. Those juices squirting out, citrusy smells filling the air, flowing down onto that cutting board, that puddle of juice becoming bigger and bigger on that cutting board. And then picking up that wedge of fruit, maybe shaking off any excess juices, lifting it up towards your face, smelling those citrusy flavours, placing it in your mouth, biting down. As you're biting down on it, those citrusy flavours are tingling your taste buds. Those juices are running out. They're running down your face, dripping off your chin. Just imagine that. And then if that exercise made your mouth water, let me know in the chat box. Fantastic. So this is the power of visualization. As I said, your mind cannot tell the difference between a real or an imagined event. So what I'd like you to do now is to <coughs> think about what will be different for you when you overcome anxiety or depression. What will you be noticing differently in your life? Maybe you'll have more energy. Maybe you'll feel calmer, more relaxed, have more friends, or maybe you'll be able to have a relationship. Really giving some thought to that and letting me know in the chat box. And then when we do the hypnosis session, I'm going to build the things you tell me into the chat box so you can actually visualize yourself, build the things you're telling into the hypnosis session so you can actually visualize yourselves that way. So let me know in the chat box, what will you be noticing when you've overcome anxiety and or depression? You'll be able to drive and not get panicked. Excellent. Anything else? 
more motivation for work and you'll be able to get out of the house. Okay, fabulous. So when you're ready, take some deep breaths in again, breathing all the way down into your stomach. And as you breathe out, allowing your eyes to close. With your eyes closed, you can really begin to relax, let We should become disconnected at any time. You can just wake up like you've had a nice, relaxing sleep. And click the Zoom link and we'll all be right here. But right now, there's nothing for you to do except relax. Uh, breathing deeply. Seeing if you can notice any difference between those. Maybe the in-breath is slightly cooler than the out-breath. Maybe you can imagine breathing in relaxation. Breathing out any stresses or strain. Uh, the more we relax, the easier it becomes to relax. Uh, I wonder where you'll notice that relaxation forming first. Maybe you'll notice it at the top of your head, all the tiny muscles in your forehead can flatten out. Uh, that relaxation flows down into your eyes and eyelids, down into your cheeks and your jaw. Uh, relaxation flowing down your neck, all of the vertebrae, neck comfortably, releasing, letting you, you drift deeper and deeper. Uh, Relaxation flowing down into your shoulders, down your arms, into your hands. As a person starts to enter a state of hypnosis, a state of trance in which positive change can occur, they can start to notice the tiny muscles and tendons in their arms and legs may twitch a little as they release any tension. They may start to notice that they're swallowing more rapidly. Maybe you'll find yourself wanting to swallow now. And your conscious mind needn't mind as your unconscious takes more and more control. All the most powerful, 
lasting things you've done in your life, you've done it an unconscious level. You're unconscious. Mind is responsible for growth of your hair and nails. Uh, you're able to unconsciously change from a baby to a child, from a child to an adult. You did all this without thinking about it. Uh, and your unconscious mind has been breathing for you all along. And that can allow you to relax, evil, uh, like drifting, deeper and deeper. Your unconscious mind is always listening, always looking to protect you, keep you safe. If you're sleeping deeply, an alarm sounds in unconscious, knows to wake you. Awesome. Right now you can just listen to the sound of my voice. And my voice can go with my voice can become the sound of traffic off in the distance. That's uh, like wind in the trees. That's uh, so as you continue drifting down, maybe becoming the most. Relaxed you've ever been. I wonder if you can remember the most relaxed you've ever been. The most comfortable you've ever felt. That relaxation flowing down your body. Going down your legs, into your feet. Waves of relaxation. Going all the way down from the top of your head to the very tips of your toes. Uh, I wonder if you've ever had the experience of relaxing on a train, watching the countryside, whiz past, hearing the sound of the train on this train track. Uh, gently rocking in that train as relax. Awesome. Taking a journey deep into your unconscious. 
wide. Uh, And in a moment, I'd like you to imagine yourself standing safely and securely in an elevator. It's the elevator of relaxation. Uh, Calming music is playing in the background. There's no one else around. Only you. In this elevator, there are three buttons. When we press the first button, that relaxation is going to increase even more. The second button is going to double the relaxation from and the third button is going to take you all the way down, all the way down into the very depths of When those elevator doors open, you're going to find yourself in a special place. Maybe you can imagine a beautiful garden on a warm and sunny day. There's no one else around. Only you. Pressing that first button now, drifting down and down. The second button going deeper and deeper. And the more you relax, the deeper you can go. The deeper you go, the more you can relax. And then the third button going all the way down, all the way down into the very depths of the very basement of relaxing. Stepping out from that elevator into that beautiful garden. The warm sun shining down. A gentle breeze. And the smell of flowers can hang in the air. Roses. Honeysuckle. Jazz. Birds are singing in the tree. Bees are buzzing from flower to flower, collecting from Drifting deeper and deeper. In this place, you can find a a path that leads you gently, gently down to the soft spot of grass, a place where you can lie back and look up at that big blue sky. Every step you take along this path, allowing you to relax even As I count from 10 down to one, maybe you can imagine a tiny voice in the back of your head telling you to just relax, relax, relax. 
after every night. And relax, relax, relax. Nine, eight, seven, Six, five, four, three, two, one. After one comes zero, I wonder if you can imagine yourself floating through the middle of that zero, lying back on that soft piece of ground. It's the kind of day where you can lie back with eyes closed and still see that bright sunlight shining through your eyes. Ah, so maybe you can get a sense of yourself drifting up out of that version of you that's relaxing there and drifting higher and higher, looking down, noticing how calm you look, how relaxed and at peace you look. Ah, Drifting up a bit, safely and securely supported in a warm and fleecy cloud. Looking down at that version of you that's relaxing. And when we look at things from high above, we can gain a new perspective on those things that look like big obstacles on the ground can look so much smaller from up here. We can see ways around things. Ah, When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at can begin to change. And drifting towards that version of you that's relaxing in that way. You can see another cloud. This cloud is different. This cloud is being drawn towards you. Maybe you can imagine lines or threads connecting you to this cloud as, as it draws closer and closer. Finally stopping right overhead. To this cloud you can release anything you want to let go. Maybe you can sense negative energy flowing out of you and being drawn up into this cloud. 
maybe you can feel like weight has been lifted from your shoulder. This cloud draws up more and more stuff. Uh, it can start to become larger, darker. So it takes up more. Uh, flashes of lightning, rumbles of thunder can occur from within that cloud. Uh, she release more and more of that stuff into that cloud. Once that cloud has drawn up all of that stuff, it can start to move away. Those lines and threads can begin to stretch and break. And that cloud can start to drift off, drifting off over the horizon, never to be seen again. As it's drifting away, you can Notice those rumbles of thunder becoming quiet, a cloud looking small and small until it's finally out of sight. And that cloud can drift off out over the seas and the oceans, taking all of that old stuff with it. Uh, so can rain those things down on those oceans. The tides and currents can come and go. Wash that stuff away. And after a rainstorm, the sun can come out and shine once again. Uh, maybe you can start to consider how things can begin to change, how you can begin to change. Uh, maybe you can imagine yourself. Driving, connecting with a future version of you, sitting behind the wheel, feeling that steering wheel in your hands, breathing deeply all the way down into your stomach. Uh, Noticing how relaxed you feel, how calm you feel. Totally in control. Uh, so I'm totally happy.
Uh, really connecting with that future version of you. Uh, experiencing more confidence in your daily life. And I wonder what you'll notice when you notice that increased sense of confidence. Maybe you'll notice yourself standing just a little taller, feeling more at home in this world of ours. More motivation. Uh, so really being able to get things done. Uh, so. And in the coming days and weeks, you can start to notice things that can let you know that these changes are taking effect. When you notice those things, you can remember this time, Get a sense of yourself smiling, either there or now. Uh, Brilliant. And in a moment, I'm going to count from one to five. When I reach the number five, you can open your eyes, coming all the way back to the here and now, noticing how good you feel. One, allowing the feeling to return to your feet. Maybe you'd like to wiggle those toes. Two, as that energy flows up your legs, down your arms, into your hands. Three, <coughs> maybe you'd like to wiggle those fingers. Four, and on the next number, you can open your eyes, noticing how good you feel. Five, eyes open, wide awake, and maybe you'd like to stretch, sigh. Fantastic. And if you like that, let me know in the chat. Excellent. Okay. So, as I said previously, there is going to be a workbook and a recording of tonight's workshop available. If you'd like to receive the workbook and the recording, please send me a direct message with your email address and I will send it out to you in the coming days. In the chat box right now, you can see some links. The first link is to book a free call with me. Second link is to find out more about my four-week program, which is beginning on the 15th of October. 
Um, if you're interested in the program, I recommend you book a free call with me first to find out more about it, find out if it's right for you. If you do that, I'll give you a special price on the program. Uh, the third link is to my Facebook page, uh, my Facebook group, sorry. In my Facebook group, you can find lots of content and information. I try to post in there regularly. The fourth link is to my YouTube channel. On my YouTube channel, again, I try to post regularly. On my YouTube channel, you can find hypnosis recordings. When I do these workshops, <coughs> I stream them live to my YouTube channel and then um, <coughs> make them private after a couple of days. So if you want to see the workshops as they're streamed live, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel to do that. Um, <coughs> the uh, final link is to my Facebook page. Please like and follow my Facebook page. Um, <coughs> so does anyone have any questions, anything you'd like to know? Please let me know in the chat box. Okay, super. And as I said, if you'd like to receive that uh, recording and the workbook and you haven't already, please send me a direct message with your email address and I will send it out to you. Okay, so if no one has any other questions or nothing else you'd like to know, I'll say thank you for joining me tonight. Have a look at those uh, links again, uh, and I hope to see you all again. Does uh, hypnosis put a person in a semi-conscious state? Um, <coughs> Hypnosis, as I ex was explaining earlier, is a focused state of attention. Have you ever driven somewhere, gone to your destination, and not remembered the journey? That would be an example of hypnosis. You've been watching TV, zoned out, lost track of time. Whether you're watching finished, then it was time for bed. You thought, wow, where did all that time go? That would be an example of hypnosis. It's not something I do to you, it's something I do with you. Um, so <clears throat> some part of you will be aware and listening to what's going on at all times, but your unconscious mind may drift and dream. You may be in a semi-conscious state if that's what you want to call it, yes. Excellent, no problem. And as I said, if you want to receive the workbook and the recording of tonight's workshop, um, please send me a direct message with your email address. I'll be here for a couple more minutes.